I was with him in the Philippines, and I told those people, I said, folks, if you'll just holler when he's preaching, it does something to him. You know what they hollered about the whole time? He preached himself down. Why don't you preach him to death tonight? Practice a little bit. Come on. Give honor to all our officials and all our dignitaries and all the wonderful people of God to the Mangan family and I listened to all that stuff about people saying dumb things but that's because dumb people say dumb things <laughs> say what you want to but if God hadn't raised the Mangans up we wouldn't have this because God uses leadership I told Brother Beckton, the Bible says, as the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord, and as the rivers of water, he turneth with us whoever he will. God has put his hand on these people to bless people. And we're grateful for that. We are. We, we don't take it lightly. Amen. We thank God for it. Praise God. And before I read my text, I, I do need to give uh, just humble thanks to to Brother Mangan, Anthony Mangan especially, for feeling led of the Lord last year, and, and to, to all you precious people here and those that are around the world that have sent money to us to help us out of our situation. And uh, there was $100,000 committed last year. And uh, in our church, I don't know the exact dollar today, but we received just at $120,000 and, and that helped us. And, and I'm just overwhelmed by it. Thank you so very much. And uh, I've had so many emails. I don't even own a computer. I, I, I write my notes on the back of little pieces of paper and napkins and stuff and they got all these nice computer notes and I got these little stick figures and red lines. And... But people in our church have computers and they hand me stacks of emails and I read every one of them and thank God for them and people that have just sent us emails and letters and cards and just encouragements and it's just been wonderful and I have received so many calls. I have to take a moment in here and just thank uh, so many people. I don't want to uh, hi-hat anybody, but uh, there were people that came from all over Pentecost, people from Texas, people from the Chrome from North Carolina. We had a wonderful crew from Missouri. We had pastors from Illinois, Missouri, who came in and worked on our church and donated time. Wonderful man painting from, from Brother Kennedy's church and just on and on. People came in and just, I was just overwhelmed by the kindness and the love of God and and, and I give thanks to you, and, and special thanks. I have two very special thanks. I I'm, hope I'm not misusing this pulpit. But, uh, you know, when you're about ready to shoot yourself, you, you need somebody to unload your gun. And uh, probably my best friend in all the world, closest friend that I have is Brother Harold Hoffman in Sterling Heights. And... Uh, he stayed on the phone with me and uh, helped me so I wouldn't shoot myself. And uh, 
especially a special, special thanks to uh, him, but also to a very dear friend, Brother Paul Welch, who uh, probably above anybody uh, called me at least once or twice every week, prayed for me, encouraged me, had been through some struggles in his building and stuff, and just just encouraged me so much. And I don't know whether Brother Paul's in the building, but uh, I, I just thank God for it, and I, I appreciate it, and, and uh, I'm just... I'm overwhelmed. I've had people telling me they're praying for me, and I know they're waiting for me to hit the ball out of the park and all that stuff. And and uh, I, I don't know I'm going to hit it, but I'm going to wrench my neck swinging hard. So, if you have your Bibles and would turn to a couple of portions of Scripture, the Gospel of Genesis 15. I'm reading, uh, I didn't finish my sermon last year. I haven't finished a sermon I've ever preached. <laughs> Hallelujah. You ready? Genesis 15 and beginning at verse 12. And when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram. And lo, and horror of great darkness fell upon him. And he said unto Abram, Know of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs. There and shall serve them, and they shall afflict them four hundred years. And also that nation whom they shall serve will I judge, and afterward they shall come out with great substance. Remember me reading that last year? Part of that, but, but I want you to, because there's something, here's part two of this message tonight. And I want you to get this, that God is telling them, I'm, I'm going to put you in some stuff. I'm going to give you a promise. And, and the promise is you're going to have lots of trouble. Now, I don't know why the Lord picked on me. Everybody's been so mind-boggling. My mind is short-circuited. The breakers are blown out. I never heard such preaching in all my life. I've never felt anything like it in all my life. And, 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 and I want to take us up high as I can, but somehow God has just talked to me the other morning and said, you need to talk to these people about the real world that they're going home to. Okay, let, let, let me read another message to you. I'll, I'll skip that one because time is of the essence. Psalms 37. I mean, uh, Genesis 37, I'm sorry. You ready? Genesis 37 and verse 5. And Joseph dreamed a dream and told his brethren, and they hated him yet the more. The next few verses, he explains the dream, and they hate him some more. <laughs> and so now I'm reading verse 19, and they said one to another, Behold, this dreamer cometh. Come now, therefore, and let us slay him and cast him into some pit, and we will say some evil beast has devoured him, and we shall see huh, what will become of his dreams. I won't preach the whole Bible. My, 
I wanted to run to this pulpit tonight and say, I'm still here. No, you didn't hear me. I said, I'm still here. I preached for you last year and I was in mid-trib. I'm going to talk to you tonight from a position of post-trib. The building's finished, we're in it, folks are getting saved, and I'm still here. Praise God. My message tonight is simply this. To experience the dream, you must endure the nightmare. Apparently you didn't hear me. To experience the dream. You see, in this conference, the Spirit of God has been giving a whole bunch of us visions, dreams, and projected destinies. But it's not enough to have a prophetic word. You'll never experience what you've received in this conference if you don't leave here tonight with a determination, I'm going to have to endure the nightmare. Lord, bless the ministry of the Word and help me to preach real good in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. <laughs> I want to ask a few questions before I get to my sermon. Can God trust you with trouble? Apparently you didn't hear me. I said, can God trust you with trouble? When he had fed the multitude, the Bible said he commanded his disciples to go in the boat. He sent the multitude away and he went up in the mountain to pray. And I asked the Lord, how come you sent your disciples, your little baby church, into a storm? You're God Almighty. You knew the storm was coming. You fed all these fat cats at your hand. You fed their bellies and you healed everybody and then you sent them away. And you sent the only folks disciplined and dedicated into a storm. How come? And I heard the Lord say to me, because the multitude wasn't worthy of the storm. Stop sucking your thumb and having your personal pity party. If, if God puts you in trouble, it's a vote of confidence. I'm going to redefine your theology. Your trouble is a pathway to triumph. Your pain is a pathway to praise. Your mess is an avenue to the miraculous. Stop sucking your thumb. Am, am I talking yet? Can I, can I preach a little bit here? You, you, you can be seated. Just go ahead and be seated. Being that you have not asked for the adverse and you have not pleaded for the problem and the pain, then apparently the word of God is true. The steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. God has ordained for you to get in the cesspool of your mess because in your trouble you're going to call on Him. He's going to deliver you and thou shalt glorify Him. 
Hey! <laughs> God, I won't preach so bad I can't hardly stand it. We all love the book of Job. You know why? Because Job's hell and chaos and trials and sorrow and nincompoops that tried to advise him. That trial has assisted millions of people. Let me ask you what God asked me in the motel today while I was praying. Has what you've gone through, Jeffrey, assisted anybody? Well, let me ask you. The hell and the chaos and the trouble and the problems that you're going through. Will anybody get saved out of it? Or will they don't want to be like you? God's not interested in accomplishment. He's interested in Christ-like attitude. If I have any regrets, Brother Williams, it's that I didn't win anybody when we were going through the building program because I got absolutely destroyed in it. Uh-oh. Let, 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 let me help you a little. The closer you get to your fulfillment of your dream or your goal or your vision or your purpose, the tougher it gets. Oh, you're not. Boy, I wish I had a church to preach to. I, I, don't, I don't want this to be rated X. But you haven't accomplished much in your marriage if your wife's got pregnant. She's carrying your dream. Wait nine months. And see if the dream doesn't get to be a pain. You can smile or run around and say, Oh yeah, the wife's pregnant. We're going to have our baby. And you're just enjoying yourself. But oh, when it gets to be about that, Oh, that last trimester. When all of a sudden, Push, push, breathe, push. You're not hearing me. Apparently there's no babies born here. You never get your wife laying on that crazy table. And you holding her hand and say, isn't it wonderful we're fixing to have our child? She's going, I'm going to kill you the next time you come near me. Push, breathe, push, breathe. The closer you get to your miracle, the tougher it gets. The, the closer you get to your dream, the more pressure is on you. Can I preach a little while here? Are you hearing me? Any crazy nation can declare war. It don't cost nothing. But now to win it. Didn't cost much for us to declare war sitting back in America. But Normandy was bloody. Okinawa was a disaster. It'll cost you something the closer you get to a fulfilled dream. 
Now, you're, not, you're not getting what I'm trying to tell you. God has prophetically moved in this conference and given us fresh vision, fresh oil, fresh dream, fresh hopes, fresh desires. But you've got to leave here understanding that before your dream becomes real, you're going to have to deal with some nightmares. For the dream is your destiny. Your dream tells you where you're going. Your nightmare is your pathway to it. <laughs> we are so dumb. You can see this. We are so dumb when we waste our pain. When we waste our problems on ourselves. Paul said that our light affliction works for us a more exceeding eternal weight of glory. Watch. While we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are unseen. For the things which are seen are temporal. The things which are unseen are eternal. What is he saying? Your affliction, your problem, your adversity will not work for you as long as you keep looking at the problem. You've got to go beyond it. You've got to come oblivious to the obvious. You've got to somehow see beyond what is now and realize your dream is greater than the nightmare. The nightmare is just a pathway. The dream is your destiny. I'm not this smart, Doc. God gave this to me in the motel. I'm not this smart. He's got to give it to me on his little piece of paper. He talked to me today. He said, tell the people the purpose of the dream is twofold. Give you a sense of destiny and inspire you to reach for it. Then tell the people that the nightmare is threefold. Self-discovery. God-discovery. And shut hell's mouth. That's the only reason God let the devil mess with Job. It wasn't to mess up Job or mess over Job or kind of cause a great story to be told. Was that so when it was finished, Job would shut hell's mouth. Why don't you use your nightmare to shut hell's mouth? Bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Oh my. Oh my. Do you, do you realize that everything that has been built, achieved, or accomplished is the absolute direct result of a dream or a vision or a persistence to that dream. Every building, every bridge, every mall, every space shuttle, every computer, every automobile, this church. Don't you know what the church is? It ain't your little organization where you go hickamahokey. That's not the church. The purpose and the reason for the church is it was God's dream. He said, I'll build my church. And hell says, I don't think so. But when the nightmare was over, he stepped out of the grave. He... 
He poured out His Spirit at Pentecost. And we got a church. Because you got to go beyond the nightmare if you're going to experience the dream. Oh my, oh my, you, you can be seated just a second. I'm going back to my point. It wasn't good enough. We need to go to Manila. It was good. Watch this. The closer you get to the fulfillment of your dream, the tougher it is to make it come to pass. Point in case. Five-yard line. Five-yard line. Five-yard line. You can get some twinkle-toe, 140-pound Mercury Morris, whoever you want to, to catch a ball or run up, the, and he can make 95 yards. But now you're five yards from your dream. And they take in all the wussies, and they bring out the behemoth. They don't have any teeth. They don't have any neck. They don't have any feelings. And five of them line up in front of you and say, you took 95 yards real fast. Bet you don't get the next five as easy. Some of us are going home to step into our dream. you got to understand that hell's going to bring out its guns and create a nightmare. But greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You've got to endure the dream. Endure the nightmare if you're going to realize the dream. You, you, you be seated. Am I, am I making sense yet? I mean, it'll scare you. I was on the jet the other day with some professional wrestlers. I mean, it was unreal. You don't know where the guy started or ended. He was like a mountain of muscle. His neck began around his ears like a pyramid. He had things growing out of his sleeve, never growed out of my sleeve. He walked around like he had sunburn armpits. And I didn't feel like saying, hey, you little wussy, you want to rumble? Now, wait a minute. you got to hear what I'm trying to tell you. I'm trying to make a point. I'm not trying to be a comedian. I'm trying to make a point. The purpose of the nightmare is to get you and I discouraged so we don't think the dream is possible. You can't deal with the nightmare in your mindset, in your power, in your own ability. You've got to have the Holy Ghost. You've got to have an anointing. You, you've got to have fresh oil. Or the nightmare will steal your dream. You can be seated. I'm trying to hurry as fast as I can. You see, the dream and the vision is actually the finished product. It's the purpose fulfilled. It's the desired results accomplished. The problem is... In order to experience the fulfilled dream, 
You and I have to deal with a lot of nightmares and setbacks. I'd like to call them dream stealers. Do you know something can steal your dream just by scaring you not try? Well, uh, we ain't got the money and we ain't got this and we don't have the talent they have. And we don't, we don't, we don't. Oh, give me a break. I'm sorry, I have to interrupt my message. I'm still here. No, you didn't hear me. Hell tried to take me out. I'm still here. Hell tried to make me lose my mind. I'm still here. He's been too good to me. I'm not going to quit just because I ran out of money or I ran out of ideas. He's never run out of money. He's never run out of ideas. Oh, my. Oh, my. You, you, you can be seated. Adversity is so powerful, it causes many to achieve others to concede, and others to settle for less than enough. Please hear this statement. If you don't remember anything else I said, remember this. When I was raised in New York City, they used to give you this little cliche in school. Now, Jeffrey, anything worth doing is worth doing right or worth doing well. Well, I've got a revelation for those guys. I'm going to give you a new one. Anything worth doing is worth failing over. You didn't hear me. You don't want to give your life to something that if you fail doing it, you're a total disaster. If you want to give yourself to Christ-likeness and holy living, that's worth failing over because it's a worthy goal. It's a precious dream. If you want to give yourself to revival, that's worth failing over. You're not a failure because you fail. Now that didn't do for you what it did for me. It was Job's cry that said, Oh, that I might find him. God said, fine, here's a few nightmares. No, you're not hearing me. And the nightmares became the pathway to finding him. Because had not Job got his brains beat out, had he not had the nightmare, he would have not been stripped of stuff he didn't need and become desperate for the stuff he did need. He found God a long time after the nightmare was finished and he got his dream fulfilled because of the nightmare. Oh God. Oh God. God promised Abraham, you sit down, God promised Abraham that his seed Israel was been given a promise. They're going to come out, but they're going to have to endure the nightmare to enjoy the dream. You got... I'm trying to be nice. let anybody or anything steal your dream. 
Don't let your emotion, don't let commotion, don't let the lack of something, don't let anything distract you or cause you to settle for less than you originally wanted. Last time I noticed, the only way a postage stamp works if it's get licked and sticked. Yeah, I know you're laughing, but that's brilliant. I don't care if you paid 32 or 35 cents for it. If you don't get it licked, it don't stick. You want to stick without getting licked. Sometimes God's got to just lick you and then slam you. Hey, lighten up. No, you got a long way to travel. I'm not everything I'm supposed to be, but I'm on my way to my dream. I'm going to be great for God. I'm going to be powerful for God. I'm going to be mighty for God. We just got to notice from dreamland, the PKs are having a blowout. They're running the aisles and shouting. If we concede our dreams because of nightmares or nastiness or problems, we'll be like Israel. Hey, man, you, you, you can be seated just a second. I'll just catch my breath I'll try it again I'm gonna say this for those of you that have not moved yet apparently your concept of church is it's designed for you and your little ignorant carcass we're not here for God to move us we're here to move God this ain't about us this is about J-E-S-U-S. When I think of the goodness of Jesus. And all that he's done for me. I'm not going to sit there and look pretty. I'm chasing a dream. I'm dancing after a dream. I'm sweating after a dream. You may prostitute your dream for something less. Not me, bud. I just need a few more minutes here. So please, sit down just a second. Let me try it again. If you and I concede our dreams, we will be like Israel reincarnated. We will wander in a wilderness of our own unfulfillment. We will die in a wilderness of personal stagnation, never experiencing what had been promised. 
just remembering how great it felt when we were told. Oh, I wish we could carry all this with us to our churches, but it usually doesn't work that way. It'll, it'll, the tingle will just tango right out the door here in a few minutes. And full-grown devils will say, I've been waiting for you. Did you have a nice meeting? Now, see, I can understand what I'm preaching now because I wasn't raised in Pentecost. I was raised on television. Now, now, you do what you want. I don't care what you say about TV. I was raised on TV. I spent half my life in nightmares. I grew up with Boris Koloff and Bela Lugosi and Dracula sucking the blood out of your neck and the thing and, and, and the blob and the creature from... Now, you don't know what I'm talking about. The creature from the Black Lagoon. And I'd stay up all night just watching these scary flicks get so scared. When I went to bed, I didn't turn the lights out. I just went out. I just went to bed and said... Ain't no devils and ghosts going to get me. And then I'd lay in bed with my brain made out of oatmeal. And I'd have these terrible nightmares. Let me tell you the problem with a nightmare. A nightmare is like a dream filled with sensations. But the sensations are hopelessness and despair and no escape. That's what's terrifying about a nightmare. You can't wake up. Am I the only guy that's ever been falling? Anybody in the bed ever just been falling? Can, can I get a witness in the house? I mean, just, just laying in bed, just kind of laying in bed. Just. And if God's merciful, He lets you hit your ignorant carcass on the floor and you wake up. What a nightmare! Faces come before you. All kinds of problems. People that won't do right. They visit me in my nightmares. They look at you in your nightmare and they go, We're not going to do what you said. Take that. And we're going to try to bring our relatives to drive you crazy. And you're trying to wake up. Let the nightmare steal your dream. Because the nightmare may be powerful, but the dream is your destiny. Can I preach a few more minutes here? But, but be, be, be seated just a minute. I'm going as fast as I can. You got to hear me. I was going to read to you Genesis 28 when, when Jacob steps, stops at Bethel and he puts his head on, that, on that, that stone and he has a dream. The reason why some of you don't have more godly dreams, you ain't got your head on the rock. You put your head in the right place, I promise you the heavens will open. Well, Bible says that he used a stone or a rock for a pillow. When he finished the dream, the pillow became the pillar. 
If you get a dream from heaven, you can build on it. You need to ask yourself right now, what are you laying your head on? You know why John gave us 22 chapters of the book of Revelation? Even though he was in a nightmare called Patmos, he put his head on the Master's bosom. You don't want to give your brains and your emotions to a bunch of dodos that drive you crazy, wanting you to give them answers that even God won't give them. Well, well, I feel like Elvis right now. Are you lonesome tonight? Let me try it again. The purpose of the dream is to inspire you. The problem is between the inspiration and the acquisition of the dream, many things must transpire, of which some of you will be afraid you're going to expire. Because I've been through some stuff the last year and a half. I thought I was going to die. Hell told me I was going to die. But what does he know? He's a dead spirit. He couldn't tell the truth standing on the Bible looking at Jesus Christ. He's a liar and he's the father of liars. Don't let that devil snow job you. He's got no power over a child of God. He's got no ability to steal your dream. He can get you to give it up. I'm going home to build a better church. I'm going home to be a better pastor. I'm going home to win souls. I'm going home to have revival. You ready? I'm going home to deal with nightmares. But nightmares are no match for Holy Ghost dreams. Nightmares are no match for the power of God. Let, 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 me, let me go quick here. I got I to gotta try to finish. Let me go quick. Watch out for them dream stealers. They usually show up as relatives, right, Laban? Oh, yeah. Laban tried to steal Jacob's dream. Why? By messing with his money. Stealing from him. Mistreating him. Lying to him. Deceiving him. I don't care how spiritual you think you are. You do have an emotional level that your emotions can go so far and no further. You can get saturated emotionally where you can talk in tongues like a Chinese laundry and you still ain't worth shooting because your emotions have absolutely been fricasied. Do you hear me, Uncle Billy? I spent the last year and a half going to church, praying, fasting, preaching. Got to a place emotionally, not spiritually, emotionally. Spiritually, I'm fine. Emotionally, I'm a disaster. Going to the pulpit with my civil defense helmet on. Watching for the Scud missiles over here and then the Scud missiles over there. It's not that the people are bad, but when you're emotionally whacked out, you perceive things incorrectly. Because perception is more real than reality. 
And I got a church full of great, wonderful people that love God and they love me. Now hear me, I, I, I guess I am on tape. And I've got a handful of nincompoops that I'm so dumb at times, I let them steal my attention. Yeah, go ahead, and they just act real spiritual. And I pour my energies out to try to transform them and transfigure them and help them to become something because I don't want them lost. And their resistance and their rebellion and their hatred for the things of God upset me to the point that I mistreat the people I ought to treat good because I'm ticked off with these idiots. But the devil is a liar. I said the devil is a liar. Now, I don't know what's going on behind me, so I don't know whether it's good or bad. I want you to shout it with me. I'm almost done. Shout it with me. My dream is my destiny. That's why the devil sends the nightmare. But my dream is greater than the nightmare. Now, Brother Anthony, you're my friend. I'm not trying to take advantage of my friendship. I'm going to say this as kind as I can. For the last four years, I've had this disease in my leg, in my back, down my hip. I used to shout and boogaloo at the best of them. When I lift my leg and go to jump down, it hurts so bad I want to hurt somebody. And I've been asking God, would you please let me dance and boogaloo and shout like old Brother Beckton did? I just love it. And then when I look at a bunch of you cats... I started asking God for your hip and for your leg and for your spine because if you ain't going to use it, I want to use it. The only reason I'm dancing a little is because y'all prayed for me. devil is alive. Don't let him steal your dream. Give me a few minutes and I'll quit. A few minutes and I'll quit. Seated just a second, please. <laughs> oh, God. The Bible said, He that endureth to the end, saints shall be saved. Jeffrey Wayne Arnold says, He that endures the nightmare, shall enjoy the dream. It's wonderful to 
come to conferences like this and receive a prophetic promise or a word or a vision or a dream. But it usually entails some nightmare dealing. Because when God gives you a dream, He always declares the end from the beginning. And the things that are not as though they were. And He leaves that interim for you to slug it out. I'm trying to help somebody. Don't go home and be devastated and prostitute the wonderful vision, the dream, the hope, the desire that's been birthed in all of our hearts this week because a bunch of nightmares and goblins will jump up and you say, it ain't going to work here. you got to stand your ground and say, wait a minute. The dream is my destiny. The dream is my destiny. The nightmare is just a barricade. It's just an obstacle. But I'm going to overcome the nightmare. Oh, I got five minutes, five minutes. Just bear with me. Make sure your dream is real. Sister Tenny, make sure your dream is real because your nightmare will be. You, you don't want to go here and just kind of imagine. Mm, uh, ooh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Hey, hey, hey. Ooh, yeah. Give me a break. You better know your dream is real because during the working out of your dream, the nightmare's voice will be loud and God may choose to go silent. Well, <laughs> nightmare is nasty and negative, wants to kill your dream. Think not, Jesus said. I've come to build a church, but I've got to deal with a nightmare. I've got to deal with disciples who reject my ministry. God forgive all of us for sucking our thumb and sitting under a juniper tree when we lose people, as if somehow we were bigger and greater than Jesus. Don't be decimated and devastated and destroyed. Because people leave your ministry, they left Jesus. He had one guy that he empowered to cast out devils and heal the sick and raise the dead and cleanse lepers. And he sold them out. You ain't no better. Oh, God. Oh, God. Please hear me. I'm... I'm, I'm I'm trying so hard. If, Brother Williams, thank you. You have been such a kind man to me. You helped me so much. You're a better man than I am. But I'm chasing you. That's right. He's been kind to me. But I'm going to tell you something, Doc. Don't ever let anyone else's opinion become your reality. Well, I don't, I don't think you got what I just said. Somebody else's opinion sent three million Jews on a 40-year journey. Ten guys sent three million guys walking around for 40 years because their opinion became their reality. 
If God has ordained you and anointed you and empowered you and gifted you to kill a Goliath, don't let that backslidden Saul convince you that you can't beat him. Don't let somebody that used to live right tell you that living right ain't good. Say it with me. Don't, Don't let someone else's opinion, someone else's opinion become, your reality. become your reality. Just get it in your spirit. I'm, I'm on my way down. I'm, I'm fixing to close. You can sit down just a second. Point in case, Jezebel and Elijah. Now, Elijah is my man. He is my main man. I love Elijah. I like him. Because I can relate to him. Tremendous highs. Me. <laughs> Devastating lows. <laughs> I can call fire down from heaven and ask God to kill me under a juniper tree. In one day. I don't need two because of the times. I can do that in one day. I can preach my friend till the paint comes off the wall. And they're putting my picture all over the world. And some idiot will talk to me after the service, and I'm resigning. <laughs> now, you don't have that problem because you're all from Louisiana and you're all spiritual. But I've walked home many a time after preaching a blockbuster and go, I don't know what in the name of good sense, Trish, are we doing here? What is, we've got a parade of brain dead people and we're not surgically skilled. We, these people don't love God. They don't love me. I wish I could get an honest preacher in the house. Wait, let me try it again, Brother Anthony. But I'm still here. And people's getting the Holy Ghost in Gainesville. And our church is growing. Well, I'm going to say it by promise. It won't be long, Bishop Tenney. I'm going to have to build again. That's okay. The nightmare doesn't scare me. I've learned some things from the nightmare. Brother Michael, I just need one scripture. My time's gone. I'm sorry I messed up a great sermon. Give me Genesis 21. If you would, you be sitting, seated for just a second. I'll, I'll try to quit. Elijah, Elijah went from the heights of Carmel to the dirt floor of the desert in one day. Oh, but not you. No, you're spiritual. When's the last time you outran a chariot 19 miles? When's the last time you prayed a 63-word prayer and ended a three-and-a-half-year drought? When's the last time you bumped off 850 preachers in one day? One more. One more. And he gets through the valley of Jezreel and his tongue is polishing his sandals. 
Because sometimes some of the dumb stuff we do, the reason why we get in a lot of nightmare problems, because God never did send Elijah there. I'll debate any of you theologians. I know 1 Kings 19 inside and outside, upside, downside. There's no word from Jehovah that ever told him to leave Carmel and go to Jezreel. You can get intoxicated with the anointing of God on you and just showboat. I know what I'm talking about because I have showboated. Now you haven't because you're spiritual. But I know how it is to feel that in my soul and just get to step in it. And just play the audience. That's why they pay me millions. At least that's what all the folks that don't tie think I make. I hope I make this year what they thought I made last year. Hold on, I'm almost done. Sit down, Reverend Michael. I've got to finish this thing about old Jez. Can you imagine that, Elijah? My man, fire prophet. Man, drought ending prophet. Olympic ideal prophet. And Ahab goes and tells Jez what Elijah did. And the worst, remember this, the worst thing you could ever do is tie your faith to your expectations. They did that. That's on the Emmaus Road. We had hoped. Mary and Martha, we thought for sure. You can't box God in. He's not a little butler, little cowboy. You just quote a few scriptures and make him obey you. It won't work. And Jezebel sends Lige a note. Dear Lige, Heard you bumped off my preachers. Heard you made me look bad in front of my troops. And you outrun my old man in his chair. Now, now, now I'm, I'm paraphrasing. I'm paraphrasing. I mean, I'm way out there paraphrasing. But you're getting the drift. She wrote him a little note and said, Dear Lodge, the gods do to me and more so than if not by about this time tomorrow I'll kill you dead as a doornail like you did to my preachers. Love, Jess. And when Elijah got confronted with a new nightmare, it barricaded his dream because his dream was a national revival. And he was devastated when Elijah's biggest enemy, Jezebel, was unimpressed with his supernatural stuff. I'm for the miraculous. I'm for the supernatural. I've sought it ever since I was a kid. I'm seeking it now. I don't function it like I want to. I'm asking God to help me. But I am firmly convinced that the supernatural and the miraculous is not the only thing you need to convince people.
Because ain't nobody had a supernatural ministry like Jesus Christ and everybody didn't believe Him. You hear this man the other night? That's our business. Preach the Word. Put your faith in the book. That's the foundation of our faith. It's not goosebumps and not somebody come out of a wheelchair. I'm all for all of it. But what you going to do when they don't come out? What are you going to do when you pray for one and God heals the cancer and you pray for two and they die? I'm going back to the book. I'm going back to my dream. I'm going to stay with this thing. And I'm not going to fuss and cuss about a bunch of stuff I don't understand. I'm trying to close. Uh, thank you very much for helping me. I don't know what time it was, but I had a scripture that I was going to have Brother Williams read. I'll just quote it for you. 31 and 2 of Jeremiah. 31 and 2. Put it up there, would you, Flash? <laughs> Thus saith the Lord, the people which were left of the sword. Here it is. Found grace in the wilderness. God, what a sermon. Elijah has left his servant and went a day's journey into the wilderness. He's sitting under a juniper tree and he wants to die. And grace shows up like an angel. And instead of damning him and condemning him and ridiculing him and making fun of him, call him a coward, how come you ran away? God found a deserter in the desert and didn't desert him. Okay, are you ready, Reverend Michael? Hell wants to use the nightmare to kill your dream. Heaven wants to use the nightmare to fulfill your dream. Simon, Simon, Satan hath desired thee that he might have thee, that he can sift thee as wheat. One translation reads this way, Simon, oh Simon, Satan has asked for you to be his opponent. He wants to take you out. Why? Because your destiny will take him out. Have I outpreached everybody here? Don't you know why hell's after you? Because if you ever walk into your destiny, you're going to cause more hell for hell than hell knows what to do with. Why don't you stand with me? I'm going to finish. Brother Michael Williams, thank you for being so patient. 21, I think, and 14 of, of Genesis, uh, Genesis. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and took bread and a bottle of water and gave it unto Hagar, yeah. putting it on her shoulder and the child and sent her away yeah and she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba in the wilderness in the wilderness where that grace shows up read and the water was spent in the bottle Whew. and she cast the child under one of the shrubs and she went and set her down over against him a good way oh Brother, as it were a bow shot. Brother Tenney, 
Ishmael is Hagar's dream. Yeah. But she's now in a nightmare of a wilderness. And the nightmare has so overwhelmed her that she's dropped her dream. And she's going a little away from it because she doesn't want to see her dream die. But grace shows up in the wilderness. Read for me, Elder Michael. For she said, let me not see the death of the child. My dream's going to die on me. And she sat over against him and lifted up her voice and wept. And wept. And God heard the voice of the lad. And the angel of God called to Hagar out of heaven and said unto her, What aileth thee, hey, Hagar? what's the matter, Hagar? Fear not, for God hath heard the voice of the lad where he is. God did not hear Hagar. Heard the lad. Heard the voice of the dream. Right. Yeah. All right. I said, if you've got a real God-given dream, it can pray and cry when you've given up on it. Finish reading for me, Elder. Arise and lift up the lad and hold him in thine hand. I'm asking this auditorium, this wonderful conference as you leave and you're frustrated and you deal with nightmares and you're somehow tempted to drop your dream. Do what God told Hagar to do. Arise. And, and do what? Lift up the lad. Pick up the dream you've dropped. Hold him in thy hand. Read for me, Elder. For I will make him a great nation. Here comes. Now watch. And Through. God opened her eyes. And she saw a well of water. And she went and filled the bottle with water and gave the lad drink. If you and will God, do what God tells you to do with your dream in the midst of your nightmare, God will open up your eyes and show you a way to keep your dream alive. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, oh, yes, oh, yes. And God said, lift up the lad. Hold him in your hand. In other words, you can't do this abstract. You've got to make contact with it. You've got to touch what you dropped. Now, I don't know what you think, but I'm going to tell you. I've been so challenged by this conference and all these wonderful ministries, I realize I've dropped a bunch of dreams along the way. And they've been dying because I just got frustrated over the nightmare. And God is telling me, now you go home and you pick up those various dreams and you lift them up to the heavens. And God opened her eyes to see a well of water. And then God opened his own mouth and gave a prophetic promise that he would be with the lad. And the lad grew. And he dwelt in the wilderness. I thank you for loving me. I thank you for praying for me. I thank you for believing in me. I thank you for listening to me.
I've, I've done the very best I could to try and help you, to tell you that do not let the nightmare take your dream out of your hand. You have got to endure the nightmare to experience the dream.